Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Shut up, Tyler. Welcome, everybody, to Sound Up Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Washington sports. As always, we're your hosts, John Carey and Tyler Cartwright, and we are here to talk about the Seattle sports, as John said. First up, we've got the Kraken, and listen, they've kind of been on a little... A little sputter at the yeah, moment. Yeah, lost four out of five. Little, little tough stretch there. I think as soon as we started talking about them, they started playing like crap. So yes. maybe, maybe, should maybe we this stop? is on us. <laughs> we are recording on a wood desk right now, so that's for the crack. Knock right on the there. wood. Yep. Um, but yeah, so they've lost four of their last five. Granted, they've been playing pretty decent opponents. Um, they lost to what I was it? The Devils last time we talked. The Islanders. Um, they lost to one game. Yeah, they just they beat the Oilers. That was the one team that they beat, and they play them tomorrow. So that's good news in that front. They should should win. I think Vegas has them, as we said, minus 205 is what we saw earlier. Yes, so heavy favorites. Um, but I think, you know, where we're both at, once again, both novices, both dipping our feet into the hockey arena, but we're both sports fans. And what we know is Seattle is good, but they seem to struggle against the highest-end competition. And that can be applied to any sport. How are these guys going to look... They are going to make the playoffs, which is already arguably ahead of schedule for the franchise two years into its life. Yeah. But is this a team that really has a chance in the playoffs, or is this just a, a year to enjoy? Yeah, I would... And it, sound, it sounds bad that we're saying that they should not... We shouldn't be, like, looking and rooting for them to do well in the playoffs, but it just seems like with the, with the caliber of opponent that they're playing... And kind of how those games are going, it doesn't look very very good in in that front of you know winning the Stanley Cup. Yes, because um, that what it, that's what it comes down to. You know, making the playoffs a great first step. Once you've made the playoffs, it's all about winning the championship. It's kind of like the Mariners last year. They made the playoffs for the first time ever, which was or for, not first time ever, but first time in twenty years. First time of this iteration. Yeah, first time in my memorable lifetime. Um, <laughs> God, that's um, insane. Yeah. Now that it's happened, it seems so ridiculous that they hadn't done it in yeah, 20 years. In, yeah, it was, what, 2001, the last time they made it, and I Goodness was gracious. four. Just to clarify, the last time... <laughs> we're talking about the Kraken right now. The, <laughs> the last time the Mariners made the playoffs, they set the all-time MLB record for most wins in a season. And then they went 20 years without making the playoffs. <laughs> Incredible. We do not want that for the Kraken. <laughs> no, no. Um, granted, like we said, they're going to make the playoffs this year they have like a 95 percent chance to right now very talented team um but i think the thing that i've noticed that they're lacking when i look at the scores and when we watch the games is their goalie or goalies or goalkeepers i guess they're not called goalies in hockey okay, come on come on um <laughs> make it you we're losing our clout <laughs> um no they it's just they they lose kind of high scoring games they can they can score kind of with the best of them yes um but they're, you know, they lost a game, I think it was, I don't, I, you might have to correct me if you know, but they lost a game like 6-3 the other day, and it's just like, they scored three goals, they should be in that game. Correct. And if they're down three goals when, when it's over, it feels like it wasn't really, like, maybe their time, maybe their goals were garbage time goals. I don't know. We didn't, we didn't catch that one. Yeah. Or I didn't. I, I feel like, and all the true hockey fans are going to laugh at me at this point, but I feel like goalie reminds me much of goalkeeper in soccer and pitcher in baseball and all to a lesser degree like a kicker in the nfl where the highest end talents are very important and you know very good but it's it's a not it's not a super consistent position mm -hmm. you know you can have an ace pitcher that kind of just loses his stuff and really falls off or like a goalkeeper where he's awesome and then you know psychologically it seems like a psychologically taxing position maybe the best way to describe it i think the one thing about hockey goalkeepers is that they they can't they like can't be all there mentally they're getting no. shot at them 150 miles an hour like <laughs> these guys are inviting bullets to the head yeah it's they yeah they're starting out at a a special place yeah let's say. um but you know it's not like justin jefferson rolling into an nfl game and you know, getting 100 yards and a touchdown every game. Psychologically, there's more involved. When you succeed, it's a slight pat on the back. And when you fail, it's a screw you, you messed up. And like that is a pitcher, a kicker, a goalkeeper. 
psychologically, I think it might just be harder to secure your number one guy. God, you know what that just reminded me of? It's like a microcosm of engineering. Mm, when you succeed, much like engineering. When you succeed, nobody notices because that's how it's supposed to go. Exactly. The building did not fall over. <laughs> Congratulations. But when you fail, it's noticeable. It's very noticeable. Wow, we are the goalkeepers of the construction industry. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Ugh. Put me on the cracking. Yeah, Soon I don't are. actually know if we've said that, but we are we are engineers. This is not our full time job. If you if you thought that, I'm sorry. This is also yes. our third podcast ever, so nobody is going to hear this really. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're out of the woods. But yeah, two geotechnical engineers just trying to make our way in this crazy yeah. world. Really, just enjoying the the fruits of the entertainment industry. Um, but it's okay. That being said, I agree with you. It does seem like our. I remember we sat down together and watched the game against the Devils. Mm-hmm. And their goalkeeper, I can't Blackwood. Yeah, we said Mackenzie Blackwood. Mackenzie Blackwood, thank you. He was a stud. I was much less impressed with our guy. So maybe that's a position to address. My point was mainly that my impression is that it is a finicky position. Yep. One that agree. one that's hard to really nail down unless you find a Justin Tucker or a you know one one of the greats. One of the yeah, greats. Yeah. But even yeah, look at like Chris Sale. The guy was the best pitcher in baseball for three years, and then what is he doing now? It's he's still pitching for the Red Sox, but he has like a broken hand and a broken elbow. Can only throw with his right hand now. Try having better bones, <laughs> Chris Sale, and try having better bones, Kraken. Maybe we should have Chris Sale wear goalkeeper equipment. I feel like that's the the solution to the issue. I would hit a puck, at Chris Sale. <laughs> <laughs> um, to further this discussion, so. Like I said, the, the Kraken are on a four out of five game losing streak. Uh, or I guess not streak, but they've lost four of their last five. And they play the team that they beat tomorrow. So good chance to win tomorrow and kind of get that steam back up. But what's coming um, down the pike? Uh. You, I will let you know what's coming down the pike. Um, also, is it pike or pipe? See, I've always said coming down the pike. But now that you say pipe, that does it seem seems, to make more sense. At least with the, with the um, uh, what is it? Pitching, pitching, it's like, oh, the ball's coming down the pipe. That's, like, how it's referred to but in I think my of, mind. I think of pike as being, like, another term for, like, a roadway. Like, some, yeah, like coming down the pike. And maybe if they mean it in that regard, like, coming down the road. Maybe I think I'm planting my flag on pike. You can have pipe. Okay. I'm taking pike. I'll take the pipe. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet you will. Jesus. I'm sorry I said that. Um. <laughs> Tyler has a girlfriend, and France is going to be shocked to hear this episode. Shocked. <laughs> um, yeah, so they play the Flyers, um, and then they will they play the Red Wings out of Detroit, and then the San Jose Sharks. That's another. Um, that's a tough stretch. It's honestly so the Flyers and the Sharks are under five hundred, and the Red Wings are just above five hundred. Oh, I didn't realize um, the Sharks were below. I thought yeah, San Jose was good for some reason. Everybody thinks that the Sharks is good. I feel like they went on a stretch there where they were really good. Okay, they've um, fallen back to earth. Yeah, but. They play the Bruins and then the Maple Leafs and then right after that. So two really tough games with very high, highly uh, favored opponents. And you and I both talked about, we even discussed getting tickets to the Bruins game. And then, damn it, Kraken fans, can we let tickets go down a little bit? Yeah, I don't want to pay 300 bucks to go to hockey. take it easy, guys. Yeah, take it a little bit easy. But that Bruins game is going to be so interesting, particularly for our discussion, which mm-hmm. is we know this is a good team. We know they're going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Does this team have what it takes to compete for a championship? We've been up and down against plus opponents. The Bruins are the best team in hockey. How can, can we even hold our own against them? You know, winning would be ideal, but can we lose 5-4? You know, can we show that we have what it takes to compete against the best? I think that is obviously, but more than just the game itself, metaphorically, the most important game on our upcoming schedule. I would agree, and to to further that, it almost feels like the Mariners of last year, where the Mariners were like the number ten team in the yes. MLB, yeah, and they could hold their own against a lot of the really good teams in average, and they played really well against the average and below average teams. But when you go up against the, I mean, I guess they played really well against the Yankees, but when you go up against the Astros yeah, or, they had a, tough or a really good team, yeah. like you know, like I guess we went two or three against the Mets too, but in a in a series like what the Kraken will have to do to get to the Stanley Cup, yes. The better team is usually the one that's going to win the series, and so how do they? How will they stack up long term against these really tough opponents? They kind of feel like the Mariners in that regard, where they're a little little further away than we'd probably like them to be. 
similar to the Mariners as well, I do think that that is a good comparison, is that the Kraken, as we kind of discussed last time, they're a team with a lot of depth and maybe a little bit lacking in the star power department. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think in baseball, star power is more important than anything because the nature of the game. In in the playoffs in baseball, yes. Yes. The fact that the best players are hitting 300, you know, the best players are the, you know, having the stars is the most important thing. I think in hockey... Once again, we'll see. But I think in hockey, the fact that this is a really deep team, come series time when it's, you know, three games, five games against a single opponent, the depth on the Kraken is going to play a big role against, you know, maybe you make adjustments to take out some of these higher-end players, and then suddenly your depth is what's winning the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree fully with that. Um. That was a really good discussion on just like kind of the Kraken. We just did we just did eleven minutes on 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 where did the just Kraken the Kraken's stand? record and how they're doing and what they're what they've got coming up, which is really yes. good. So and you know an interesting time of the year. It's a bit of the kind of the dog days of hockey. Football's just ended. We're not quite to Stanley Cup time, so we'll see what happens in these next couple of weeks. But I think it's going to be big storylines for the Kraken. Yep, we are there, but can we get? to the mountaintop mm-hmm. or are we just hanging out the, i think this is a, the, a good discussion too do you think the kraken can win a series on their way to the stanley cup because i don't know you might have to you might know this i we might have to look it up but do you know kind of the structure of how the playoffs work in hockey uh yes and no uh my understanding is that it's very similar to the mlb playoffs okay and that so the there's first a buy or two buys I believe it's one by, and then the first series is best of three. Mm. And then I think it goes to best of five all the way to the Stanley Cup playoff, if I'm not mistaken. I think the championship round is the only round where it's best of seven. And please, for the love of God, cut this out. Edit this entire portion out of the (laughs) podcast. Because I'm certain that I got at least one of those portions wrong. But my understanding is, unlike NBA, where it's seven all the way through, it's a progressive playoff where it's always a best of series but it starts as at least three and grows from there that's a discussion maybe for a later date but the comparison between the nba playoff series and the hockey and baseball playoff series is interesting it's very interesting Um, we'll talk about that later i feel like that's a good discussion to have could we look this up on our phones and give you the correct answer in five seconds yes but can you do that for yourself yeah if you're listening to this and you don't know it just look it up just look we don't have to do the work for you yeah goodness (laughs) we're all learning together here guys it's called participating in the process yeah um but i think i you know i think that's enough hockey for now cracking fans you know keep on believing hope you enjoy one thing i will say i think the last thing i'll say is that much like the mariners of last year this year's kind of gravy you know mm-hmm. the, I, yeah, that's a great way to put yeah, it yeah this is our second season in professional hockey and the kraken are good we, we probably won't win the championship and that's okay you know this has been a fun year it'll continue to be a fun year you know we, we we're not pushing all our chips into the middle of the table at this point we haven't even really built our own team yet so yeah kind of a gravy year Moving on to a sport where we have built our own team and are reaping the rewards and the the costs of that team. <laughs> we want to talk a little bit of football. I hey, guess... wait, wait. Before we do anything. A word from to... our sponsors? No, no, no. Does no, Nutter no, Butter no. want to get a word in? <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, LaCroix word... and Nutter Butter. <laughs> a word from Tyler about John's amazing prediction of, or, or not prediction, but oh, suggestion. No, no, no. Suggestion no, no. of betting your house on the Philadelphia Eagles minus one and a half. That was another John that did that. We didn't know his last name. I'm John Carey. He was he, he was some other John. So if you took a lean out on your home, please <laughs> find him. <laughs> yeah, that did not go great. You know, it's a good thing you didn't take the money out on your house. See, the thing that I wasn't thinking about is the fact that the referees are the third team on the field. You're right. We should have bet on them. Yes. And that the sec- and that Patrick Mahomes, for all his great talent, has been doing sexual favors to the referees <laughs> at halftime. That's a fact. That's a fact. You've look- seen his ankles messed up. You know why. Yeah, look at... <laughs> Let me tell you, his knees are in rough shape, too. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is a hell of a football player and, and quite a lover, from what I hear. Um... <laughs> Yeah, quite a game. Eagles played a really good game. I think 
you know, I'm not sure what your thoughts are. I think everybody was surprised by how poorly the Philadelphia defense played. Yes. Because we kind of thought it would be a game where can their defense carry their offense? And it was the other way around. Their offense was carrying their defense, couldn't quite get them to the finish mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. No, I think one of the big things was Kansas City's defense came up big. They came up with what probably should have been two yeah. fumble recoveries for touchdowns. Yeah. They only got I, one. I, I kind of thought the second one yeah. should have been a... <laughs> That's yeah. That's a whole other thing. They almost had two defensive touchdowns in the Super Bowl, which would be the first time in my memory that that's ever happened. I, I, you know, the the money on that would have been insane if you hit that. Yeah. Um. So Some, no. somebody had money on that. Somebody had to. Yeah. And they they liquidated not the most of their parlay. <laughs> <laughs> They're not sharing that photo. Um. No, but I think yeah. The big the big line was the Chiefs' defense played amazingly, and I, and it might have been because they'd been there before they're that kind of experience you know the eagles yes. what, you know, they did win it a few years back but their their team has relatively refreshed itself agreed they have like four or five guys but even saying that you know the chiefs defense gave up 30 points 35 yeah yeah 35 points and what they did is they made big plays but they also didn't turn the ball over zero interceptions yeah. zero sacks they didn't sack jalen hurts once they had one fumble recovery for a touchdown, and almost another fumble recovery for a touchdown. But it was a pretty clean game defensively. There were zero sacks in the Super Bowl. It's that's crazy. The other the other side of that is the Eagles didn't didn't they were basically just like a soft pillow that you could just shove out of the way anytime anytime the Chiefs got any sort of momentum. Yes. It was just, hey, get out of my way, let Mahomes score. I don't think did I think the Chiefs scored every possession of the second half. Am I wrong in that? Yes, they scored. I believe they scored touchdowns on every possession except for one where they kicked a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Pacheco was really good. Their running back. Pacheco was really good. He was running with some real intensity, which Seattle fans love to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how much more there is to say on the Super Bowl. Good for the Chiefs. Like Patrick Mahomes. The refs love Patrick Mahomes. He, yeah. is, <laughs> he might. He might be building a. a a dynasty we you know could be a goat debate if you know he does this for the next 17 years um so we'll see how that plays out i'm just saying if him and his wife have their first kid and the kid comes out in a checkered shirt don't come to me that's not my problem (laughs) um continuing to talk about football but about our beloved seahawks yes let's 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 move to the real teams enough of these (laughs) Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> Let's move to the good stuff, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I wanted to just kind of get your feel and just discuss kind of the NFC West going forward. Mm. We we know the Seahawks made it this year, and it sounds like they're working towards a deal with, deal with Geno um, for three years, is what I heard, which is a, which that's, is a great. That's what we said in our first exactly podcast. That's exactly what we said. A couple would, weeks ago, yeah. I would love that if they locked that down. I, I love that for them. Really, really great news. <laughs> well, I love that for them. I'm so happy for them. They're so great together, Gino and the Seahawks. Um, but you have the 49ers, who are good and don't really look like they're going anywhere. No. Um, Their quarterback situation can literally only improve. So the problem with the Niners is they've got a great defense, they have a great running back. They have great offensive pieces, to be honest. They've got yes. George Kittle. They've got Devo Samuel. Great offensive pieces and a structure, but their quarterback is just not all there. In the next year or two, I think they'll lose some of that offensive talent because mm-hmm. I don't think they can afford to keep their defense, which I think they are committed to, yep. while also holding Kittle and Debo and Ayuk and McCaffrey. Yeah. But you know, those things aside, Brock Purdy was a fun story last year. If he is their starter in their returning year, he can only be better. He can only be better having a well, professional year under his belt. Can he? <laughs> yeah, he, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. Um, but, you know, maybe they decide to give Trey Lance the job and have more of a running threat. I don't think they'll bring Jimmy back. But the point is, I think the Niners, <laughs> I'm sad to say it, I think they will only be better next year than they are this year. Mm, I think it's interesting. I know Kyle Shanahan wants to use Trey Lance. He's their... He's his he's his type of offensive quarterback. Yeah, he also um, created a lot of capital to get that guy. I, I, I said that have... in air quotes in, in terms of his type. <laughs> <laughs> his um, type being expensive. <laughs> but Brock Purdy could definitely run that offense because it's you know they it's just an have all easy those pieces to run. Yeah, 
Give um, Tyler Cartwright big enough pads. He could run that offense for a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, a couple weeks. I might get a how's concussion rib, at some point. How's your rib cage feeling? <laughs> I would I would like a Kevlar vest over my rib cage just nice. to just to be safe. Um, I could throw to George Kittle down the seam. <laughs> you could barely throw to me down the seam. around <laughs> me. <laughs> you're a, you're a way better receiver than George Kittle. Um, but yeah, so how and we can furthering that discussion. The Rams looked awful this year they have an even better pick than the seahawks because they were so bad yes um they are super interesting yeah so uh, yeah in the, in the grand scheme of the nfc west discussion i think we both agree it's the niners and then the question is who's next when you're talking about the rams you're talking about a team that won the super bowl a feat the 49ers could not accomplish <laughs> literally one year ago they have had a better two years than the 49ers have matt stafford looks bad Cooper Cup looks exhausted. Cooper Cup looks fucking amazing. <laughs> but, yes, he's doing everything for yeah. them. Aaron Donald is coming back for another year, which I, I was... I he was retiring. Am I, am I wrong in that? I heard he was coming back. Are you, oh. do you you think Aaron Donald is done in the NFL? That might be a good thing to check. Um, I think it might have been one of those, like, Twitter, he just, like, retired, and people saw that, and everybody freaked out for a little bit of time. And then he was like, "Oh, never mind. That was that was a joke." But I could have sworn I I saw that he retired on like maybe it was like a post on Twitter. Aaron Donald says he'll be back for the 2023 season amid retirement rumors. Never said I wasn't. Arnold Aaron Donald Arnold Arnold <laughs> Arnold appears to be ready to shut down speculation about his future. So everything we see is he is coming back. Gotcha, gotcha. As is McVeigh, at this moment. So they are kind of bringing back their core pieces, but obviously that's a team that needs depth. They are incredibly lacking in depth. They mortgaged their future to win that Super Bowl. And credit to them. It's hard to win a Super Bowl, and they got one. But I'm not I'm not sure they're going to be... Why would they be better next year than they are this year? Yeah. They'll have a high pick, but... No, you know what I realized? The Lions have their pick. Oh, of course they did, because <laughs> they traded it. Oh, that's so tough. Yeah. Yeah, there's I, no reason okay. I think they'll be better. Here's the thought, though, and this might be something that people have opinions on, but they did what the Lakers did. They won the title, Correct. and now they're bad. And that's okay, because they won the title, right? They, yeah. they have to now rebuild. So it's hard to sustain a title like a dynasty, especially in football. Of course, and especially if you're, if you're pushing all your chips into the middle. Yeah. The Suns kind of just did that getting, getting Kevin Durant. If they agree, win yeah. one and then suck. Nobody will look at it badly because what they did is they pushed all their chips into the middle. Doing what Golden State did or what the Patriots did where you can win without pushing all your chips into the middle, that is incredibly hard. But, you know, it's still a credit to the teams that do. They push their chips in. And it's it's why it's so rare. It's, yes. you know, it's so it's so hard to win multiple championships over any any stretch that's short. Agreed. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see the Rams being better. I don't Poor see them. Cooper Cup. I hope he gets traded to a team with real contenders because he is a monster. I mean, as a guy who has him in my dynasty fantasy football league, <laughs> I am a big Cooper Cup fan. Yeah, I mean, he's from Yakima. He's the Washington boy. Yeah, Eastern Washington University, baby. Red Field. Let's go Hawks. Yeah. Um. So we love Cooper Cup. We don't really like the Rams in terms of their <laughs> no. opportunity to win. <laughs> no, or um, or just in general, <laughs> not big LA sports guys. <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> but it sounds like we're both in agreement there. They don't, they don't beat the Seahawks this year. No. This, this upcoming year. I don't see a single reason to expect that they will be better this year than last year. Matt Stafford is older. Jalen Ramsey is older. And Donald is older. Cooper Cup is carrying a heavy load. He's like Kronk with Yzma in Emperor's New Groove. Much like Kronk <laughs> with Yzma. That is an astute observation, Tyler. <laughs> Very similar to Kronk. Much like Kronk, I really want to be his friend. <laughs> okay, but okay. There's the Rams. Who's left? The Hawks and the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. What um, the heck is going on? Before we get to that, let's take a little break. Because we've been talking about this for 14 extremely intense minutes. 24. We're at, we're at 24 <laughs> incredibly intense minutes. Well, we talked about the, the Kraken for uh, 11. You're right, you're right. So, so that'd be 13 minutes. Then. Okay. Unless Quit we checking my math. Unless we keep rolling for another 15 <laughs> seconds, and then you'd be correct. All right, we're gonna we'll be back shortly, and we will answer what the heck is going on. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the Sound Up Seattle podcast. We were probably only gone for 
half a second for you guys, but for us, it was a whole two minutes. Yes, we ate an entire turkey dinner, believe it or not. <laughs> I am stuffed to the rafters and so ready to get back into our conversation. Where did we leave off? We were talking about... How did you phrase the question with the Cardinals? It was... What is going on? <laughs> yeah, what is going on with the Cardinals? So, from what from what we have purely based on their current structure, they've got Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and then Scrubs. Yeah. Is kind of what I hear. Yeah. And what they what they finish on the year? Eight and ten, seven and eleven? I think they were something like six and six, six and, and twelve. 12. Or no, six and eleven, yeah. Some something shitty. Oh you're right, sorry. Seventeen games. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, they they were not good. Um and what they do, they fired their head coach. Kingsbury's oh, yeah. Kingsbury is out. Have they hired somebody? I have not seen any news on that. There, it, it's very possible they might have. We're not really in tune with the Arizona Cardinals team, yeah. but Kyler Murray's father hired as the head coach. <laughs> I mean, hell, that seems to be what he needs. Man, Kyler, I liked him at Oklahoma. The guy seems like a bit of a basket case. I think he's just like he's been good at everything his whole life, and so he hasn't really had to like try to be good. And he still he still has that amazing talent where he can run around, get outside the pocket, and create yeah. create opportunities with his legs, um, which is why he's a great quarterback. And he, some may argue, he shouldn't be getting paid forty million dollars a year, um, and they have a strong argument. But strong, he he has the capability and, and ability to be a really good quarterback in the league. Um, you know, I heard, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was a Bill Simmons podcast months ago, and they were doing like pr- cross sports comparisons. And they missed the most obvious one. And I remember just listening to him, and it was like grinding my gears that nobody brought it up because it was so obvious. And that is that Kyler Murray is Trey Young. Mm. They are literally the same player. Did that not, did that, was that not said? I it feel like was that's not, the most obvious It's the most <laughs> obvious one, man. He is a super high-end offensive talent who's got way too much of an ego, rubs teammates and coaches the wrong way, can put up big stats, but never seems to deliver in the postseason in a real way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both guys that you have to pay them max money, but the second you do, you're like, oh, did we really just pay this guy max money? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I would, in my mind, I compare just the entire Cardinals organization to, honestly, like the angels of the, of the, of the NL West, or not NL West, uh, a NFC West, thank you very much. Um, in the in the idea that they have a lot of really good talent, and their ceiling is is pretty high. Like the Angels could make it to the playoffs this season as long as things go well. If Mike Trout doesn't get injured, Shohei plays well, all that stuff. Same with the Cardinals. They they, they have one of potentially the top eight quarterbacks in the league, maybe if he plays to his highest potential, um, and one of the best receivers in DeAndre Hopkins. They have such a strong combination there. And they just haven't put it together, and I don't know that they will. And it's kind of like the Angels in that sense of like you don't expect them to be good, but they have the potential to be. Uh, so I hear that, and you know, having the DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Hollywood Brown combo at wide receiver is very nice. I agree with you and disagree with you. I also think a good comp for them is the Angels, but where how I interpret that is they're a team with some really high end talent and zero depth that is not going to win consistently. At any point, I don't think the Angels have any real shot of making the playoff, and I don't think the Cardinals do either. And in this comparison, I would say Shohei Otani's ability to stay on the field is much like Kyler Murray's mental situation, <laughs> where Shohei's a, Shohei's a great guy, a consummate professional. Any team would want him. But doing everything he does, he's had trouble with injuries his whole career. Yep. That, to him is Kyler Murray thinking he's a lot better than he is and wanting to get coached by his best friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So not not the same in terms of, you know, I'm not judging Shohei. I love Shohei. But both of them have an X factor that limits their ceiling. And I would say that that's it. I think the idea of Shohei pitching and hitting at a really high level for a full season is a similar level of likely... <laughs> As Kyler Murray making through a season without pitching, you know? Hey, Shohei just did that. He just made it through the full season. I mean, granted, he took the, the last, I think, game or something of the season off because he yeah. didn't need to 
yeah, played. He, he played no 161. That's, that, 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 <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. So credit to Shohei. Maybe yeah. I'm not. Maybe I'm not doing I him enough Shohei credit. Shohei Otani is just a better athlete than Kyler Murray in yeah. all in all aspects. I should not. But... I shouldn't be comparing it. Shohei would probably be a better NFL quarterback than Kyler Murray. There's Shohei's six eight or six seven. He's... <laughs> Can you imagine somebody trying to attack? But they'd go right for his knees, and he'd just he'd crumble. Yeah, I think he would just leap over them with just the the length of his legs. Oh my god! I'd love to see Shohei in some pads. <laughs> I don't think they make pads big enough to fit on that guy. No, no. He would. He would. He's like Rob Gronkowski size. <laughs> I'd like to see him play tight end for the Hawks. That actually be crazy. I'm sure he's a great athlete and could throw a football sixty yards. Yeah, but I see. You know, okay, so I agree with you there. I think we're on the same page with the Cardinals, which yep. is they have some high end talent, but bust is looking more likely than boom. Mm-hmm. And I think based on what we've said, we see this is the, our kind of order that we've constructed in terms of the the nfc west is yes. rams at the bottom niners at the top cardinals are probably the three and that gives us the seahawks coming in at the two we yeah we haven't even discussed the seahawks and i think they slide nicely into the two yeah you know this is a team that are bringing back all their big pieces they will be at least as good as they were last year and with just that bare minimum they will slide into the second best team in the NFC West with a real shot at the wild card again because, frankly, the NFC is a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and if you get four wins against yeah, two really yeah. crappy opponents. That's right. They should go at least 3-1 and one against the Rams and Cardinals in conference next year. Anything yep. less would be a disappointment. Yep. Um, and I believe I mentioned this earlier. They have the Geno Smith three-year deal. Seems like it's on the, on the horizon. They're getting there. Correct. I've um, heard the same. From my sources, <laughs> Me. Bleacher Report and ESPN <laughs> and Tyler. Um, so we see we see the Seahawks kind of potential to repeat in just you know consistency. They have a lot of the same guys coming back. No, nobody's getting too much older in that sense. They're not getting anybody no, who's hitting no. like a like a low stride in their athletic career. Agreed. Everybody seems to be coming along dk should only be better i really think he's going to take a step up this next year too i would love to see dk i mean he's already been great and for where we drafted him he has already met or exceeded expectations for his like body type and physicality what he could be for us if he sharpens his route running and handles a bit of his mentality issues at certain points in the game he could be one of the best receivers in the NFL, which he has not been. He has not been a top five receiver at any point. No, 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 no. He has been top 15, absolutely. Yeah. I would love... He has every ability to slide into that top five. I'd love to see it. Mm -hmm. And also, don't underrate, quarterback is the hardest position to play in the NFL, and familiarity is such a big part of that. This is Geno Smith's second year as the full-time starter for the Hawks. There is no reason to think that he won't be more comfortable you know, more, more willing to adjust plays at the line of scrimmage based on what he's seeing, mm-hmm. he should be a better quarterback this year. Yep, yep. Uh, the one thing that I would say that you said that I kind of disagree with is uh, DK's mentality concerns. Mm. I think that's like got that dog in him type of style where yeah, he's like, yeah. he's just got he, the attitude that he should be the best player on the field, and he should. He, he should be the best player on the field at all times. He does have that dog in him. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, he's not, I wouldn't say he's like, like obviously he shouldn't be starting fights or anything, but he should have that mentality of he's the best player on the field. He should be winning every single play from his point of view, whether that's a good block or getting as open as he can. If Geno Smith doesn't see him, he should still be winning every single play. And I think he has that mentality, and I don't think it's any sort of concern. Obviously, it can cause him to get a couple penalties over the course of the season. Yeah, bro. But bro, I don't. I don't think that matters. It can... That was like Michael Bennett when he was on the Seahawks, and yeah, he got a... Michael Bennett had the exact same problem. <laughs> Michael Bennett was cost... also so good, bro. Michael Bennett cost them games. I love Michael Bennett. I would want him back again. But if you're saying there's no room for improvement, there, oh no, I there's improvement in the sense that like he's got to just like mutter under his breath like Tim Duncan did when he would talk trash. Yeah, but just like say it just so they can hear and just get him going so they start it. What I what I I think the gold standard for like has that dog in him but can only use it in positive ways. And this is kind of a weird weird thought, but people that know know like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm. Nobody wants to win. Nobody thinks they are better than Giannis and like when he's coming at you with a full head of steam he will show you 
how much better he thinks he is than you. And then he will mean mug at your bench while running back up the court. But when things aren't going his way, he can throw some water on that fire so that it's not being used against him. That is the gold standard. I want DK being physical at the line. I want him pushing people around, using his big frame. That You're right. He has that, and he does it, and that's great. What I don't want is Jalen Ramsey drawing like two offensive PI penalties against him because this squirrely guy is getting up in his business and he gets mad. Yeah, okay. That's the problem with DK. We need we need a controlled burn. <laughs> He's the horse blinders on him. We just he need, he is an oil fire and we need him to get a blanket. Is what we're saying. Okay, I can I can respect that opinion. I I can't believe you brought up Michael Bennett. It, that's like a perfect analogy. <laughs> Michael Bennett's the most frustrating Seahawk of the last 30 years. I just think about him doing all that shit to to, uh, to the other teams that he was on. I would see him do it for the Eagles when they... Yeah. He was on the Super Bowl winning team, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I also think, yeah, another good comparison in, like, football terms is probably a guy like Marshawn Lynch. Like, if... With how hard he ran, I... He seems like such a cool, relaxed guy... I cannot imagine when he's holding the football and plowing over six dudes. That he's not just, like, smirking as he does it. Yeah, <laughs> that there's not a fire burning very brightly. But talk about a guy that knows how to, like, put the lid on that fire. Yep. Marshawn, I've never heard him speak where he wasn't cool as a cucumber, you know? I would love that. I want that. I think that's a great analogy for yeah, DK. no, I agree. The physicality, the power, when you're in position to use it. And when you're not... Hey, you're cool, man. You're just you're just hanging out. You're having it's, a good time. It's a light switch that you need to be able to turn on and off. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I'm smoking weed with Aaron Rodgers. Let's go, cow. You know, like <laughs> that's what I want for DK. <laughs> that was a lot on DK Metcalf. I just yeah. I'm a really big fan of him. No, I think well, and where we ended up with that is the Seahawks should be good and should be better next year than they were this year because okay. they'll have improved in, through the draft and yes. they've shown that they can turn their draft picks into good rookie players. Yes. Um, so I think they're they're a, a comfortable slot at, the num- at number two. Yeah, and I think with that being said, they are a, especially with the new playoff format, they are looking at a very good opportunity to make it to another playoff. How are we going to do there? That depends on how the players develop. Depends on the draft. But the fact that you're making it, you know, that's the first step. I do think it's tough when you have arguably the best team in the NFC in your division. Yeah. You know, the Eagles are going to be really good, but. The Eagles and the Niners are the cream of the crop, so that's not ideal. It would be great to be in the, in the NFC North right now. I would love for the Seattle, for Seattle to be playing Minnesota and Chicago and Green Bay. You don't think Tom Brady's going to go to Minnesota? You think he's going to come out of retirement and take over me? Kirk Cousins' job? His old bones? <laughs> no way. If he, he comes back... It would be so brittle. They might freeze off. <laughs> he has to play in Florida. He needs the heat, but he also needs the moisture. Or he'll dry out like a skeleton in Skyrim. <laughs> Ooh, bringing in the Skyrim reference at the end there. Love Skyrim. All right. That was, that was the perfect amount of Seahawks uh, and Arizona Cardinals talk. Are you ready to, I guess... One more time, we'll just give you our, our final order of what how we how we currently project the NFC West to, to, to shake out. Yeah. We've got Niners. I would say they probably end up somewhere near the 12 and 5. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh, 11, 11 gonna, and 6, 2, 13 and 4. Like somewhere in that range. If not better. Here's a question for you. Just one last thing on the Niners. Who do you project their starting quarterback to be next year? I'm going with Brock Purdy. I think he did enough. He has not lost a game for them as a healthy starter. I think they yeah. they just want to see where Trey Lance goes. I'm going to take Trey Lance. You can take Brock Purdy. Taking Trey Lance. Yeah. You know, uh, as a couple of betters, I think I'd give you like plus 200 odds on Trey Lance. I think... I would actually take those odds. That's a good... Uh, yeah. I, I think Brock Purdy's got a pretty strong hold on it. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is applying for, for checker jobs at the nearest grocery store. I'll tell you that. You sure he doesn't want to just go play the easiest game of his life for the New York Jets? That or I think he might just spend his next two years banging every single model in Italy. I don't... (laughs) If he's done with football. He might take Matt Stafford's job. That would be an interesting thing for him to just move in conference to the... Or in, I guess, division to the... 
I like to think that Garoppolo hasn't been on Instagram for the last couple of years because he's, he's been just really... got infinite DMs. Oh yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> he's been focused on football. I'm excited for him to be like I'm hanging it up and re-download Instagram and then just start scrolling through his DMs because goodness, goodness gracious, Jimmy G, please don't reply to my girlfriend because I'm sure she's hitting you off. <laughs> Oh, that's all we ask is don't reply to our girlfriends on, yes, on Instagram. Anybody else. <laughs> anybody else. Okay, but yeah, so, we agree. So Niners. Niners, somewhere in that eleven and six to thirteen and four range, might hit the fourteen and three, but that's tough. Agreed. Uh Seahawks, where do you project they'll win their win total will be? I project them to land I think the Seahawks next year are going to be ten and eight. Two, ten and seven. <laughs> No, you, you really like adding things to 18. I know. I've, I just want it to be 18. This odd number is really killing me. I'm a change in my mind. I'm going 9 I'm a change eight. in my mind. <laughs> I'm a change in my mind. No, no, no. I'm going... I can't go 9 and 8. I'm going to go 10 and 7. The Seattle Seahawks will be 10 and 7 next year. I like that. That's... Liquidate your assets. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you have left after the Super Bowl. <laughs> I like the I like the nine and eight. Um, I think the NFC is just going to be a little worse, and nine and eight will make the wild card, but probably as a six or seven seed. You're saying nine and eight? You think yeah. they'll go five hundred? That's what I see right now. I think the, the, well, Niners, the Niners beat them twice. If yeah. we're if we're they looking have, at the the NFC West, then we're saying they're three and three. They have two built-in losses. I guess a lot of it will be determined by the division they play at yeah. the conference, but yeah. we'll see. and we'll we'll talk about that when the time comes. Um. I don't even want to talk about the Rams and Cardinals, but Cardinals. I'm gonna guess. Going to I'm gonna guess the same thing: six and eleven, five and five and twelve. And for the Rams, I'm going to guess that Cooper Cup manages to play through the whole ceiling, whole ceiling, the whole season. Manages to bust of, the hole in the ceiling that he needs to yes. become another MVP. Break type the glass season. ceiling. Finally, a white man will have some success <laughs> in professional sports. And uh, I'm saying the Rams go a hearty four and thirteen. Hardy four and thirteen, maybe five and twelve. That's that's kind of where I'm at too. Yeah, that, the the McVay zone, the five and twelve <laughs> area. All right, there you have it. There's our rankings for the uh, the NFC West. That was a long discussion about the about that, much longer than we thought. Football's not even going on anymore. Yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> this is immediate post Super Bowl predictions. Yes, um, which we know everybody loves, and those are the best ones because you have all the information. To, yeah, yeah. You know? Um. So I guess we've only got one more topic to go through. We might have to hit the other topics next week. We're just too prolific. Which is okay. We just love to hear ourselves talk about sports. Boy, do I. I hate hearing you talk. (laughs) But I'm great. (laughs) Um, So the next thing that we wanted to talk about was, I guess, we don't really have time to talk about the entire AL West rankings, just if we base it off of what we just did. Correct. (laughs) So... We'll just we'll do a quick recap of what's going on with the Mariners. Um, pitchers have pitchers and catchers have reported for for spring training. They're there right now, and and as people people are kind of showing up. Um, but we did get news today, as we record this on Thursday, no, Wednesday, uh, February fifteenth, that Taylor Trammell has to get surgery on his hand. I believe he has a broken hand, and thus will be missing uh, or is out for the next six to seven weeks. So. That puts a damper on the uh, Taylor Trammell versus Jared Kelnick discussion as the uh, left field pl- platoon bat. It does. In a way, which is nice. It takes the pressure off. We don't necessarily have to... Not that they're coming to me and Tyler for roster decisions, but... I don't know what you're talking about. I get emails all the time. <laughs> we don't necessarily have to make that decision as a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, push it back a little bit. The one thing I will say is that gives... Uh, Cade Marlowe, who's a currently a, like a high AAA prospect, he came with the Mariners to the playoffs last year. Oh, thank them. goodness! I was wondering why I didn't know who Cade Marlowe was. Well, okay, AAA, yeah. thank goodness. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oof, that was close. <laughs> no, he's uh, he's a he's a good AAA player. He came with the Mariners as kind of a, an extra extra player, and I believe they had a twenty eight. They have twenty eight man rosters in the playoffs um, that they submit. So he came in and kind of replaced. Uh, Sam Haggerty, I believe, or Jesse Winker. One of them was was out. Um, and he kind of he he played really well in AAA last year. So there's a lot of lot of talk about Cade Marlowe, um, and this will be a good opportunity for him over spring break or not spring break, spring training to uh, kind of get get his shot, to see if he can prove himself over Jared Kelnick. It doesn't look likely just because Kelnick 
has that experience, and we're, we're you know we know the Mariners are trying to give him that shot. Yes. Um, but always good to be given young talent. But yeah, there's there's Chances potential for him to to make it through spring training on the on the roster, especially with Tramiel out. Now, when you have guys like this that are, you know, close together in talent, and you know you're kind of trying to make these niche decisions, how much does missing a six to seven game stretch affect that decision making? Six to seven weeks. No, did I say game? Yeah. Sorry, six to seven weeks stretch because, you know. Obviously, in the NFL, if you're mix, miss, missing six to seven weeks, they're going to look for other options. Yeah. Maybe you can come back, but they're also trying to build continuity. NBA, it's more of like, okay, miss your time, come back, we'll plug you back in. When Tramel gets back in six to seven weeks, um, does he have just as good a chance as sliding into that role? Or does the fact that he will not be there competing at the beginning decrease his chance of becoming a really significant player for us going forward. Um, how I would how I would look at that is uh, he will be missing all of spring training and have that having that opportunity to kind of ramp up and match Jared Kelnick. So wherever they're at, if they land with Kelnick as the starting left-handed platoon bat for the left field position, um, or Cade Marlowe, whoever ends up being there, they will have six to seven weeks ahead of them, ahead of Taylor Trammell. Um, and I think that'll also come with, like, Taylor Schermel just has to get back to game speed. And so they'll start him in AAA, see how he performs. Um, he's been kind of a quad A bat for the last couple years in the sense that he's... And granted, last year he got injured a lot, so or frequently. And so he missed... He was playing pretty well in a couple stretches and just would get injured and had to take, take a couple breaks. Um, so I think he has that potential in him. Even, maybe even more than I think Jared Kelnick has shown is Taylor Trammell's shown just, like, the ability to consistently hit and kind of get on a hot streak. I feel like Jared's like a lot of peaks, a lot of valleys. He just is, is up and down. Taylor Trammell has been a super consistent guy at certain points. In the, Which in the this lineup needs in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I think uh, getting back to your question of like, how does that impact his future with the team? I think it just sets him back, you know, one to two months. He misses spring training. So he has to ramp up, get back to game speed, see some pitching. He'll probably be able to come back one to two months into the season, depending on how well he's playing. Okay. And then, depending on his level of play, he'll be fighting for that spot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we haven't seen the last of Taylor Trammell. No. Yeah. And I, I hope we don't. He's a great player, great personality. Love seeing him on the Mariners. I'll stop carving his gravestone. <laughs> um, With that, we're at about the 45 to 50 minute mark, which is where we really want to be with this podcast. So if you guys want more from from john and i please yeah let us know you beg know, we, just beg we would love to talk to you for an hour hour and a half but uh just say we just say, know people have places to be yeah say please just say <laughs> please a couple times maybe we'll give you a little more <laughs> um real quick just before we go we were gonna have a longer discussion about the al west what i just want from you as our resident baseball expert doctorate in baseball studies I, I did complete that. Yes. Yeah. It, it turned online course. It was pretty quick. Um, can you just give us your projected next year rankings? Not in terms of wins, but just in terms of AL West standings yeah. for the AL West next year. I think... I'll take the first one. Astros. <laughs> I think we're both in agreement the Astros will probably end up being first in the AL West. And there's a lot of talk about the Mariners, or from the Mariners front office, about getting to that uh, getting to that first, first place spot in the AL West. And I... I think it's possible they've improved in a few spots that could give them a lot more wins early in the season that they missed out on last year. They started off like 10 games back in April. Yeah. Um, so they started off rough and came back strong. Um, but I do think the Astros will come in first. The next three spots, are there's a lot of debate coming from everybody. Uh, the Angels, like we've said, have such a high ceiling um, just based on they have two mvp caliber type players and one guy who is a previous mvp who has been injured for the last three years that he's been signed with them Ooh, sorry anthony rendon oh rendon i completely forget that rendon's yeah, on the he doesn't play because he's been injured for three years um, <laughs> i was like wait are you, you already mentioned trout like who are you talking yeah, about? trout otani are the two perennial mvp candidates and rendon and rendon who was one um so they have they have a lot of really good players on that team that theoretically could carry them especially with shohei as an ace um, much like theoretically time is infinite you know yeah we don't know 
Um, but I do think the Mariners come in second. I think we heard today that DeGrom is already having ab issues and he hasn't even started pitching for the Rangers. God. So we can pencil the Rangers in for 40 wins this year. Does that sound fair? <laughs> I think based on war, everybody has at least 43 wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we can't base everything on statistics. There are anomalies <laughs> like you, the Texas Rangers. You are you are right. Um, no, I think... The, the Angels are super hard to predict. I My current rankings, and this might change in the next episode, or next podcast sure, episode, because sure. my opinions are always changing, and I'm always listening to other podcasts that Truly give me more information. a fluid man. I'm a man of science, John. <laughs> <laughs> the information being presented to me is always changing, and thus my opinion is always being formed. I'm sorry, I think you mispronounced flip-flop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shoe you wear on your feet in the summer. Um, no, here's quick rankings because we've already been talking about this for five minutes and we don't need to talk about yeah, it Yeah, finish it up. <laughs> this is supposed to be quick. Uh, Astros number one, Mariners number two. I'm going to say Angels three, Rangers four, Athletics. We don't even need to talk about them. They're number five. Okay, Rangers above Athletics. I, that's That was kind of the interesting one. <laughs> I think the one, two, three we were locked into. Who is fighting for the bottom position was going to be the most interesting part of that discussion. Okay. Last thing before we go. And I just literally want a number from you. That's all I want. One number. What wild card will the Mariners be? So based on there's six spots, and we're assuming they make a wild card, so they can either be the fourth, fifth, or sixth best team in the AL. Correct. I would say they're, they're going to be the, the number one wild card. They're going to play the number two wild card. Okay. Next, next, That's what I was thinking. Next year number one wild card. Yeah. You hear, heard it here first, folks. This is the shot that we're taking right now. Okay. I know you already liquidated your assets. <laughs> to Put up. your money down. You know, put, yeah, put, uh, yeah, I don't know, S- sell the rights it's to... Probably, it's probably like, you know, plus 500. I'm just saying, prostitution is the oldest business for a reason. <laughs> it's never never too early to... Might have to cut that one, but... <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining us. Tyler, outro. All right, are you ready for this outro? We prepared this just for this case. Uh, not for this case, for, for the for the in, future. In case we accidentally <laughs> brought up prostitution again. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode of Sound Up Seattle, please feel free to follow the podcast on Spotify. If you're listening to it, you've already found it. Please give us a follow. Uh, you can find Sound Up Seattle on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Sound Up Seattle. Uh, just all lowercase Sound Up Seattle. It's really easy. Um, Tyler, me, Tyler Cartwright, can be reached everywhere at tycart50, um, even at even at Gmail if you really want to shoot me an email. Um, and me, you know, John Kerry, if you want to get a hold of the other host, I'm much like Bill from The Last of Us. If you make it through my set of traps, I might come rescue you from a hole that I dug. We'll see. Hopefully I didn't spoil anything for all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're four weeks behind at this point. Yeah, up. I was going to say. It's a beautiful story. Catch up. <laughs> All right, thank you. Hey, go squids. Go squids, baby. The NFC West is a complete fucking tragedy. Christian McCaffrey has completely disrupted the balance of power. Uh, I guess I'll just say the Mariners uh, are fucking going to be first in Mariners the, in the AL West, baby.